There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Tell it to me straight up. Hello and welcome in to the Straight Up Breakdown Podcast, proudly part of the Hale Varsity Network. I am Greg Smith. You're, I, I can't believe that we're actually in fall now um, because pumpkin everything is everywhere. And like last week, I, I always have to talk about the weather, right? It's a prerequisite. It actually was fall weather. I am very happy to report that we're getting out of that mess and we're getting back into some warmth. Um, that makes my heart happy. But today I am joined by Hale Varsity Deputy Editor and TikTok enthusiast Aaron Sorensen. Aaron, thank you very much for being back on the show. How are you? I'm good. I'm not as enthusiastic about about the like 90 degree weather as you are. I was like <laughs> vibing with that like 75 sunny, you know, brisk in the morning, warm in the afternoon. That's kind of like my jam. No, I don't understand. And this is I, it, it has become one of my most controversial takes, apparently. It's very controversial. Um, yeah, that this is not like fall weather is not my jam. I do not like as I am currently right now wearing a hoodie to go and walk the dog in the morning. Hoodies are the best like hoodies. Honestly, the best like the best outfit for men and women is long sleeve something in shorts. And you don't get that in like 95 degree weather. Not going to lie to you. I did that last week. You saw me. I felt uncomfortable. Like it actually was weird to me. Like I felt like weird the whole day. Um, It it doesn't. And it's, it's odd to me because you have to plan for it being cooler in the morning. Then eventually it's going to wake up. Like I would rather, this is going to again, be controversial on the other side. I'd rather have it just be cold to begin with. And know what we're getting. What is wrong with you? No. Apparently a lot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because you are, I believe, the second person in a row to be on this podcast to tell me that. I need people to put you on blast over this. No, no, no. We're having, no, that's not how this thing works. <laughs> <laughs> this is my podcast now. Everyone put Greg. <laughs> and now I, I've been taking over. It's fine. It's fine. If you guys want to put me on blast, feel free. Um, straight up breakdown on hailvarsity.com. Um, you can go ahead and email us, but that's fine. Um, you guys are allowed to like your fall weather and pumpkin. Are you a pumpkin person too? I am. Oh, for sure. But like, I'm, I'm not like, um, well, I mean, it's, there's a line. So like, for instance, (laughs) this morning, I am just drinking like vanilla creamer. Like, I, I mean, there's a line. Um, but especially Trader Joe's when they come out with all of their pumpkin stuff, it is like game time. And one of my favorite, you brought up TikTok, one of my favorite TikToks recently was this woman who had just left Trader Joe's. And she's like, I bought this thing like this. It, um, I can't remember what it was, but they have these like these pastries, these big pastries, and they have them in all different kinds of flavors, like almond and they bring in seasonal flavors. And so one is pumpkin. And I guess there was like a long line of people trying to grab these pumpkin pastries and she didn't even know what she was getting. And she was just like, everyone else is excited <laughs> about it. So she's like, I grabbed one because I felt like 
I couldn't be left out. So like when Trader Joe's does that, I'm like, yes, I have to get there and buy pumpkin stuff because otherwise I will miss out on the pumpkin stuff. And then God forbid, I never have them. So if I can make a recommendation, your local Trader Joe's has it, the pumpkin spice covered mini pretzels, super good, so good. They're fantastic. So if you like like chocolate covered or you like yogurt covered pretzels, it's like that, but the flavoring is pumpkin spice. It's legit. They're very good. So as the person who has tried most of the pumpkin stuff at Trader Joe's so far, that would be my one recommendation. Get yourself, get yourself the pumpkin spice covered pretzels because they're great. They're so good. I am now torn because your like last three or four recommendations for me at Trader Joe's have just been on point. Like I could not text you fast enough about those dumplings. Um, and so you've been, you've been on it. So you have built up a level of trust with me on this. Unless and you I don't just don't I... like pumpkin spice. It's not like. It probably depends. If it's not super pumpkin-y, I probably won't. It's not. It's it. more, it's more like cinnamon and um, it's, it's like the flavoring of pumpkin spice, but not pumpkin. So it, it just tastes like fall but it's just really good and they're these little pretzels so like you're not eating like a lot of it it's just they're good highly recommend like Uh I said I bought a bunch of pumpkin stuff and I can like I bought one thing that like would not recommend I'm not even gonna bring it up (laughs) it was not very good it was like these like chocolates and I was like oh that would be fun to try horrible never buying those again so (laughs) don't Oh, the other thing, sorry, this is now a Trader Joe's podcast. Uh, the other fine. one is the hazel, the hazelnut bombas. Like if you've had bombas, which are the like, they're little like, um, they're like puffed peanuts yeah. things. These are filled with hazelnut and it's so good. Okay, that, that, <laughs> so that sounds very two. good. Okay. Those, are, those are my two. <laughs> I'm a, we'll see. We'll see if I, if I feel brave. I do have to go over there. We'll see if I make it there today. Probably not. Um, but we'll see. Party time. It. Yeah. This is what early. everyone signed up for on this podcast. Just to it's be clear. exactly what like this is actually just a window into our text messages. Like to be totally honest. <laughs> if, if anyone wonders what it's like to have me on a podcast, it's just me derailing the conversation for however long. So it's, it's fine. fine. I listen to yours. So I, I know how that goes. So now we've hit like Trader Joe's and TikTok. We just need a couple more errandisms. We'll get there. Your own podcast we'll get we'll there. Get there. All right. Now, for this podcast, each week we have a couple of segments that are mainstays of the show. The first one is called Coach Speak, where we go over something that a coach, player, or talking head said, and we give you the straight-up breakdown of what they meant. Coach Speak to Real Talk. Uh, this week comes courtesy of, and this is a weird way to describe his position, but this is how they list him, Nickelback. Uh, shout out to Jacob Padilla, Jojo Doman, um, who had this to say about the defensive performance on Saturday. Quote, we had a good half, but it wasn't a great one by any means, Stoneman said. We've got a lot more to give. This team has a lot more to give. We're not done. We're not going to roll over. This hurts. We want to win games. We are competitors, but ultimately it's how we respond to these moments that are going to define us. Aaron, you were there for that quote. I assume you were in East Lansing. How did you feel, first of all, when you heard that? Second of all, what does that mean? I mean, he has to say that just to be just just to like put that out there, he has to say, I mean, that is what you want them to say at this point. If he walked in there and was like, yeah, we've hit the ceiling. There's nothing more we can do. You're like, Oh, hold on. That's not. So, I mean, especially for the defense, I think when a def- a defensive player right now is saying like, we have so much more ahead of us, 
it's easy to believe. It's easy to be like, yeah, you've been playing at a level where every week you progress, you get better, where it's like, yeah, it does feel like the sky is the limit for this defense. This is a, this is like a, I'm not being, I'm really not exaggerating here. This is like a top 15 defense. Like this defense is legitimately doing its job well behind defensive coordinator, Eric Schnander. Like just, this is a side tangent here, but like, Aside from anything else, there are schools I can promise you right now that have Eric Schnander's name on a list in a drawer in their offices as a potential head coach option because he is showing that he knows how to coach a team and he is getting the most of his players. He's making them better. This defense should see a number of NFL prospects from it, especially for those that made the choice to return. I mean, phenomenal job by the defense so far unless the wheels just absolutely fall off the bus this is this is arguably nebraska's best defense since 2009 like very good defense so for jojo to come up there and say that like it's it's yeah the defense feels like it's progressively getting better um they have a lot out there it still hurts but at the same time it's like he can't really say anything else that is what he has to say the issue that you run into with something like that is he can't speak on behalf of the offense. He's not the one who can speak on behalf of the offensive line. He can kind of speak on uh, special teams. I mean, heck, I wouldn't be surprised if every single defender is not trying to be on special teams this week. Like, honestly, they should all be in there. Like, just let us do it. (laughs) Um, I mean, shoot, let them just at this point, like mix it up. If there's a defender that's like, let me in, let him into the game like let's go I just I don't know what else he can say so I think he's it was the right thing to say I'm sure some people rolled their eyes because they're probably like I've heard this before but the difference is it's coming from a defensive player and that defense has been actively improving and getting better every week so like I it's one of those things where it's like he had to say it but he I mean he's he and the defensive backed that statement up yeah, they definitely have. I think that, the, I, and it's funny because you said that, and there's a few things that I want to talk about that you mentioned. Like one of the things, and the most recent thing was that you thought that people may have rolled their eyes when they heard that. Um, and that's what they have to say. I agree with that in a way, but I also, I personally was like, man, come on. Like, but not in a bad way, but in a, yes, they can technically do more. Yes, technically the defense, as JoJo also went on to say, could have gotten the ball out. Like he also went on to say, and I didn't even include it, but that at the very end where he said um, that, you know, the goal is to shut them out. It's not even to let them score. I, I, the reason that I'm like, come on, man, is because I feel like the defense has now had to put so much pressure on themselves. And they're, hey, well, kudos to them. They're living up to it right now. Deontay Williams, I think it was last Monday, mentioned about hey if we have to score we have to score um but at the same time it's kind of a crappy place to have to be in for the for the defense right like that's just to me a really it's it's a recipe that you want to eventually kind of balance out because you want the defense to feel like yeah we're going to go out there and we're going to play really good football like we have been but we also know that if we slip that the other side of the ball has our back. Like there, there's something to, or that, hey, maybe we're also playing complimentary football and this is building off of each other. We're doing well, they're doing well. And then it's just all rolling. Um, obviously they're not like at that point, but I just worry that the defense ends up putting so much on themselves that 
the dam kind of breaks eventually. I've been like surprised that that has not happened yet. Um, to this there point. is, yeah, there is a level. I can, I can actually understand where you're coming from on that. There is a level of like, okay, could, could this be setting them up for a level of failure that they're not expecting? Could this be setting them up to be disappointed if, you know, a game, because what if they have a game that's just not their best, but they yeah, still they play give well? Up, they give up 24 points instead of what they've been given. Like, you know what I mean? Like, then do they look at it as a failure when absolutely it's not? But I think that's just kind of where the defensive mindset is at because after the game, out separately from that podium room, a number of players spoke and uh, Ben Stilley and Nick Nick Henrich were two that spoke together. I mean, it was two minutes. And not because this is always so hard because I think especially for fans who aren't living in that moment, they look at it and they're like, there wasn't video of it, but like, if there was, they'd be like, Oh, they didn't want to talk to you. And that's not the vibe I got. That was not the, um, that was not what I felt in that moment. Like I didn't feel like Ben was trying to get away from the conversation. I didn't feel like Nick was trying to get away from the conversation. It just felt like they had exactly like what they wanted to say. And they knew that this is, it was similar. Ben said it much more uh, concise than Jojo (laughs) did. He was just basically like, we could have done more this. And that's exactly what Ben said after Oklahoma. It, It wasn't, it wasn't to the level that we believe that we can play. We can play better. This defense is, striving for perfection and that is their message and so they're continuing to say that and I I mean that's kind of a sign of like clearly what's going on in meeting rooms this is a focus this is the this is the thing that they believe we can be better we can do more we can be and I mean a defense defenses can win championships it's heck it's 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 not easy without an offense like (laughs) to help you and it's, you know, special teams making it harder, but defenses can win championships. And I think they're viewing this as like, we can't really control what everyone else is doing, but we can certainly control ourselves. And so that's why it just feels like short, sweet. This is our message. We can be better. We can play better. And I, I have noticed that the defense doesn't speak about other areas really directly. They might say like, we've got (laughs) each other's, they might say like, we've got each other's back. Like we believe in them, but like, they do not answer. Like if you say, if you ask them a question of like, what do you think on this? Like, what do you think about what happened here? And it's something that happened on the offense. What did you see from a defensive point of view? They're not interested, not their problem. They're not focused there. They're focused on themselves. And that's really interesting because they are very, very hyper-focused on what do we need to do to win? What do we need to do? How can we be better? And so I think that's when you're hearing JoJo and Ben and Nick and all these defenders pushing that same message forward. It is, we are focused on what we need to do to make this game a win for us. You got to get that, the offense and the special team side have to follow suit because that defense, that defense is an example. So... (laughs) replicate it put it elsewhere (laughs) it is but but the thing is and this this goes back to something that the other thing i wanted to get to that you mentioned um we were talking earlier um about eric shenander i think the reason that you hear that consistent message from all of the different defenders and we could name a bunch more right that we've talked to with deontay williams markel dismuke um deontre thomas damian daniels all of them they've all said versions of the same things along with those guys that we talked to after the game on Saturday, I think that that's a leadership thing. 
And I think that that's a, it's a strong leadership thing, um, I mean, from their coordinator, and that also trickles down to their position coaches, their individual position coaches. Because when we, yeah. when we hear from those guys on the Tuesdays, right, um, mm-hmm. they, all, they all sound the same. Like, when I mean, when I say those guys, I mean, the, uh, we talked to Eric Chenander, we talked to Barrett Rude, we talked to Tony Tuioti, Travis Fisher comes out, Mike Dawson comes out. Mike Dawson gets a little bit different because he's got the special teams deal and all of his questions are almost always about special teams when we talk to him. Um, yeah. And rightfully so, um, probably at this point. But those guys all feel like they're in the same meeting rooms and they are like really believing the message that comes from Eric Chenander. And that's why I think what you said is important and interesting that I, and I agree hundred percent, but I do think that there have to be athletic directors and if not athletic directors, head coaches out there that are looking at Eric Chenander as someone that can come in and help their team. We see this all the time um, when it comes mm-hmm. to like defensive coordinator, or even offensive coordinators, but in this case, defensive coordinator being like whisked away to be able to go like save someone's defense. Like there's something there with the way that Shenander has gotten buy-in from everyone on that side of the room. And I think that it started, and we really saw the biggest example of this um, when all of the super seniors basically decided to come back. And then you see it with the way that this defense has just continued to progress. And that's even with, they don't have the one thing that everyone came into the season saying, oh, they've got to do this. They don't have that consistent threat at pass rush. They still don't have that. Like what if they had a true disruptive force on the defense to put them in even better situations? So to be doing what they're doing without that, um, and really with just good, sound, fundamental football. Um, and they have talent. Like, don't, I don't get me wrong. Like, but I just think that He's there's a lot. saying they're not talented. <laughs> I, did not, not, I did not say that. Because um, I actually do think, I, w- I was actually kind of on a side note, but not. I was thinking about that. I was like, what is it about this defense that makes them so good? And I actually think it's one, I do think it's the level of buy-in and just kind of what you were saying, that laser focus that they have. But I do think that they're basically good at every position. Yeah. Like, I think also, that's part of it. <laughs> they're paying attention to detail. I, I, I think like it cannot be said enough. And this is an area where um, we are not privy to much of practice beyond the little bit that we get in fall camp. So we don't get to see the ins and outs of everyday practice. I'm a big believer in you perform what you practice. So like, I don't know what's happening in practice that is like creating these opportunities for mishaps along the way. Um, but what I can say is clearly the defense is practicing in a way, practicing in such a way that allows them to perform in the way that they are. Mm -hmm. And it's really, you know, paying mind to those little details and we still see some of it. We still see some of it on, on defense where the old habits are hard to break and you still see guys not wrapping up, not tackling They're leading with their shoulders, which is inevitably going to. Um, in some cases lead with their head, they're going to have potential targeting uh, penalties as a result. They're not going to, we saw it on, we saw it on Saturday against Michigan state where there's a couple of guys who threw themselves shoulder first into a player and then he didn't go down and you wonder, well, what happened? It's like, cause he didn't wrap up. In fact, I was looking at some photos that, you know, our Hale varsity photographers, photographers are amazing. I was looking at a couple of photos of Garrett Nelson and just looking at um, some of the technique of the defense as they were, going through uh going through their motions and Garrett like again old habits are hard to break but Garrett 
all of the photos I looked at, he's wrapping up, he's got his arms around, he's got his arms around the player, the, def- the person he's defending. And I'm like, that is fundamental, like good defense right there. Like he is doing what he needs to do, but you don't always see that in some of the older, you don't see that sometimes in a Deontay situation where he is still it's old habits are hard to break. And so I get it. Like sometimes these are things where like you Ross said it, they're going to have to keep, you know, going back to practice and running the same plays over and over and over and over and over and again. But at some point, <laughs> some point that attention to detail has to just click because you, you can run something a million times, but if people aren't taking it seriously, I, I don't know how you fix it. So it's kind of one of those things it's I've seen a little bit of it on the defense, but like they clearly 90% of the time are very detail oriented. So yeah, there is room for them to keep improving. And I think when you do hear that from Jojo, it's like, well, that's what he's talking about. Now they got to be careful because you don't want to set yourself up for failure at the same time. There's, there's, there is a ceiling, but you can always get better. I think just a percentage better every week is, is about what you can ask for with this defense. Just keep getting a little bit better every week because they're already really good. Yes, absolutely. And I think that you, you led me perfectly into where I wanted to go next because Scott Frost also, he had a couple of things that were really interesting to me that I think definitely apply to the team at large, especially as we move away from the defense and talk about specifically the offense and obviously special teams, um, where he said, um, these guys have to get sick of it enough to do stuff perfect all the time and understand that when you need, when you need it the most that you fall back on your training. You don't rise to the occasion. You fall back on your training. As John Cook says, trust your training. That is, that is the biggest thing. And he's brought it up as volleyball has gone through its season and had its number of hiccups so far through non-conference. That is a big thing. You have to be able to trust your training. And if you don't have that trust in your training or you haven't been training in a way to fall back on it, you are going to run into situations in a game environment where you're not going to be prepared or you're going to make mistakes. And so it's as simple as like, why did the punt go the wrong direction when the coverage is here, but the punt's going here? Um, I guess run that 15,000 more times in practice because that could happen again. It is, it is not out of the realm of possibility where a punt could go awry. So how do you have your team prepared for that? Or if there's a miscommunication between what your punter is doing and your coverage team is doing, like, there's just a number of things where it's like, this all has to be dealt with in practice. That doesn't mean there won't be mistakes. There always will be mistakes, but trust your training, trust that, you know, what you need to do in a moment when other things aren't going exactly as you map them out. But that's the, here's the tough question that goes along with that though, is that if we're saying, and this is correct, and we we are both in lockstep here on this, that Nebraska specifically on special teams and in offense need to find a way to fall back on their training and trust their training. But what if the training isn't to the level that it needs to be? And I'll give you the example you mentioned, and this is correct that, Hey, Punts are going to go awry. Like that's going to happen in a football game. I think it, I think it was Jojo that may have said, Hey, that, or um, it was uh, Garrett Nelson. Hey, that's football. Like things just happen. Right. And we know that we know that things are going to happen, but how do you prepare for those things that just happen? You rep them, you practice them. So what that signals to me, and again, we don't see these practices um, in full, so we don't know. It's hard for me to square that you have these types of special teams issues on a weekly basis, 
but but you're also allegedly repping them a lot, right? Like it, it's just kind of weird because at the same time of yes, yes, the punt was off by 30, 40 yards, whatever it was. But if you've repped that enough in practice, the people running down on punt coverage should be able to recognize that a ball has gone awry and then adjust. You know what I mean? Like when those things, when you've practiced those things, it's not so much of a shock in the game. And that's where I get where I'm, I just think that it's something's missing there. Obviously when that, that element of falling back on the training, there has to be something amiss with the training. Now I will, I will say like that instance, like if something goes awry, that's one thing things go wrong in games of every sport, um, all the time, things that you're not expecting, things that you have to, I mean, okay, here's a bizarre example, but think of gymnastics when a gymnast, both men and women go into a routine or go into competition, their routines, whether it's, you know, on bars, floor, whatever it is, they have to present to the, the judges. This is what I'm planning to do. And they get, they have like, basically like the level, the highest level of difficulty score that they can receive based on that routine. But oftentimes as you're watching gymnastics, you hear the, the commentators, the people who are walking you through what's happening, they'll be like, oh, she didn't do, or he did not do that skill. They decided in that moment that they were going to switch that skill to X. So that's going to change right. that difficulty. And they now cannot reach that high level, but they can still hit a really good number. So my point with this is, you have to be able to adjust. There are times where you're going through a routine or you're going through the motions and something happens that is not what you were expecting. You're like, the thing that I was set out to do, I'm not going to be able to do it because if I do, I'm going to get myself injured or I'm not going to be able to walk my, like I'm not going to be able to obtain the best possible score because of that. So my point here is things go awry. It's everything else that you do around it. So if you are a gymnast and you have submitted this routine, and this one skill doesn't pan out, you end up doing a different skill. Do you stop your routine at that point? Absolutely not. You keep going because you still have a chance to get the best possible score. You still have a chance to win your competition because you can still win even if you remove one piece of what you've done, if you've changed it just a little bit. My, like I said, the point here is Nebraska does not do itself any favors when other things start to fall apart. It's like, Here's this thing that didn't go as planned, which happens in every sport, every competition, everything you do. Happens on a daily basis. <laughs> but Nebraska does not make it, make it easier on itself when other things are happening that sets those, those mistakes up for even more catastrophic failure. Like it doesn't have to be this like all or nothing deal. It can be that was really not great, but like it's okay. We can still win this game. We can still adjust and we can still see this through. Unfortunately, Nebraska is kind of at a point where when the routine doesn't go exactly as planned, things kind of just go out the window. It's kind of like, well, shoot. That, that one thing happened. Oh, well, like it's, it, it's it over becomes, it, it's a men, It's a mental thing too. And I think yeah. that's probably when you're listening to Scott Frost, try to grasp with what's going on. And he's kind of making those comments, which a lot of people notice where he's like, I we're doing basically everything we know to do. Yeah, he said it twice, actually. Two different Some times. of this is like, I don't know how you fix that mentality because it's, it's, kind of and I'm saying that as like a person that I'm not a coach so I don't know but it is it is a tough thing to take on it is a tough thing to take on of trying to understand 
but that does that does still come back to frost and his coaches like they're at the end of the day is the ones tasked with creating the routine if you will the game plan and when things don't go well how do you adjust how do you make sure that you're still setting your team up for success so that they can still have the opportunity to win and yeah they're not the ones on the field committing those things. They're not the ones on the field running the plays and doing all of that stuff. So there is a level that is still on the players to, you know, live up to a certain level of their training, but it is also on Frost and the coaches to set them up for success. And so it's kind of this weird world of like, who's to blame. And I, I don't like that. I don't want to sit here and be like, it's just on the coaches. It's just on the players. Somebody has got to meet in the middle at some point and say, yes, the players need to execute better. Got it. But at the same time, the coaches also need to make sure that they have planned and planned and planned appropriately for this so that those players are ready to execute no matter what happens. And that is where I, I have questions and confusion because there's something that is breaking down in the middle of that. And I'm not getting paid a lot of money to figure it out, but <laughs> it's, I hope that made sense to people because I it just, it's, it's things happen, mistakes happen. It's how you, it's how you adapt and respond to those mistakes and the offense doesn't need to need to make a special team's mistake worse right it it, special team's mistake happens how does the offense then respond when they get the ball back like it's just nebraska seems to just make itself make things harder on itself than it needs to one mistake becomes catastrophic and that is an issue that has to be figured out and i think that's where frustration comes from and rant. <laughs> <laughs> I love the rants. Um, I, for some reason, I don't know why it is. I think it's uh, like maybe we're like three or four consecutive weeks now where people have gone on lovely rants on the show. I love it. I'm all here for it. Um, but I, to, nobody probably like, expected me to bring gymnastics into that, but it's just an example of it. Like it is a great example people, of how that goes. <laughs> I don't know? think people realize, like just like anything else, you're creating game plans for everything that you do. I mean swimmers they have the game plan they go in they're like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna try to swim this i know if i do this but like sometimes you know what the game plan has to get thrown out the window and then it's like what do you You do then yeah you can't panic to steal a line um that i love and i've told her this um from your um co-host at mind your own podcast sasha durkin uh building healthy habits it is it is an important thing um but then you also there is a follow-up step to that you also have to then execute on those habits right so like as you were saying it's the coach's job to build those healthy habits but then it is also on the players to execute them and mm-hmm. it ju- and it's it's tough, but I mean that's that that's the reality of the situation. Like you just have to do it, um, or otherwise you end up in the the several situations that Nebraska finds itself in right now, where we've got like some really uncomfortable conversations looming uh, because of just like a lack of being able to get over this hump or to find the spark or to have the pilot light lit or whichever way that you want to term it this week. Um, it, it's just a really tough spot. Uh, for Nebraska football. Put them on blast. Every week we end the show with my favorite segment called Put Them on Blast, uh, where we put somebody on blast for something they did or said. This week, I saw one. I'm going to go first. I saw one (laughs) that I I saw the headline, and I immediately texted Aaron, and I was like, okay, this has to be in the show. Like, I have to do this. Um, If you guys saw uh, Dallas Cowboys right tackle, Liel Collins uh, was suspended um, after what we thought was a failed drug test. But it turns out, because that's how it was reported at first, that that was not only part, it was only part of the case. 
He actually was suspended for trying to bribe the league's drug test collectors, sources told ESPN. Um, Now, under the new CBA, uh, players could not be suspended for positive marijuana tests. But Collins' issue was that multiple missed tests um, occurred, and then he tried to bribe the test collector. So obviously, you have to go on blast for that. But I have a question related to this. Uh, Because, well, first of all, I just realized I'm not getting like the whole like, should people be like smoking marijuana? I don't care about that right now. The thing that it is, is like, has this worked for him in the past? Like, honestly, that was my second thought after, oh my God, I have to talk about this. My second thought honestly was, do you only really try, like you try and do that with an NFL drug test collector because this has worked for you in the past, right? Like this can't be the first time because did he go to Ole Miss? Is that where he went? Even though the college is, it's a little weird. Like you drug testing in college is odd. Um, I'll leave it there. But like, he had to have tried this before and like been successful at it to then try to do this again, where you're trying to bribe the drug test collector. That That's brave. Yeah, that that is bold. It is very bold. Um, it is curious if it's worked for him before, or if this was just his moment where he's like, this is my time to shine. I mean, or it. like, did somebody give him advice and say, hey, you might be able to get over on old Johnny over there that's collecting the drug <laughs> tests. Like how did this, I need to know more details about like how this came about in his mind um, to be able to do that. I know the Cowboys will never want him talking about this, but like, I just need come to on, see. Cowboys. Like, the, yeah, come on, loosen up, Jerry. Like, I just need to see like what the actual thought process w- was um, for this, uh, because now, by the way, he's he's going to end up getting more games. Like, I think they had negotiated it down to be in the two game ban, but now he's looking at five because you have to get additional games for trying to bribe someone. Yeah, what a what a what a bizarre situation. Yeah, <laughs> I thought when you sent it to me that we were going to like talk about that specifically, and I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were all in on it. Like, I, I was I was pleased to see that. But no, he had to, he has to go on blast uh, for trying to bribe the drug text collector. I will be keeping an eye on this story because as we've done before, when we need follow ups on these, I'll definitely keep an eye out on it um, to see, you know, if he releases any statements or anything. But that's wild. Um, Aaron, who are you putting on blast this week? I am putting on blast kind of like, I don't, I've thought about this a little bit. I'm not sure like who specifically in this whole thing. Um, So uh, Ohio state had a player who stormed off of the field on Saturday against Akron. Um, Ohio state won 59 to seven. It was um, pretty easy victory, but plenty of drama when linebacker Kevon, I think I'm saying his first name correctly. Kevon, excuse me, Pope. It seemed to be like he was quitting midway through. He stormed off the field. He ended up tweeting F Ohio state, which with the actual word um, (laughs) deleted that tweet. And then ultimately went on to wish his teammates good luck moving forward. Um, I haven't seen an update now by the time this podcast is live, maybe there will be because there will have been media availability on um, to start the new week. So like just full, full, like, prefacing that here full disclosure that I don't know the ultimate result um but the I've sat here and thought like who do I want to put on blast Ryan Day Pope or fans and I feel like okay. I want to put like everybody on blast because okay Pope deserves some heat here because he could have handled that a little bit better uh, like tossing yeah, <laughs> taking your gloves off and throwing and going to the locker room and be like F Ohio State is a move that's I talk about bold choices but okay that is a move. Yeah. So like he deserves to be put on blast for that. Um, 
I would say Ryan Day does because I would like to understand a little bit more of like what led to this moment. Like Ryan Day ultimately made a comment after the game that he had like, he hasn't reviewed it yet. He's not sure, but he said, you know, you, a lot of guys, they want to play. You can't play everybody and their frustration kicks in. Uh, I'm sorry to say though, like, like one player, if that's one, seriously, if it's just one, they're frustrated, something's going on. That's fine. But uh, it, it potentially could be a bigger deal. And I've seen some Ohio state, like people speaking about it, that it could be something where it's leading to a larger issue. So that is why Ryan day deserves a little bit of heat in this of like understanding what happened, but also the response to this, a lot of people, a lot of people on Twitter need to chill, like get like, yeah, have your fun, whatever. Um, but like people need to remember that these are human beings and we don't know what's going on with Pope. We don't know if something happened like um, with him personally, if there's something going on, you know, we just don't know. So I think being mindful of the fact that this is complicated, it's difficult, like being able to have that empathy toward the entire situation of like, yeah, that's not how he should have handled that. But knowing that like, we also are not privy to the, to what happened exactly. Right. I just think college football as a whole needs a little bit more empathy. So like, this is one of those things where I came into this and I was like, I'm not sure who I'm putting on blast in this. I'm just putting the whole thing on blast. The whole situation just deserves like a, what the heck happened and why. So. That's yeah. fair. That's fair. I think I honestly, I think that in that situation, even as you were describing it, I still don't know who would be ultimately the person. And blast if I said Kavion, I did not mean to say that it's Kavon. I don't know why I said that. I like just can't read. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, if I said his Monday. name incorrectly, like, just excuse me. I, I, I'm even looking at it and I'm like, there's like, I'm putting a letter in there. That's not in the name. So apologies to him, but yeah, it was such a yeah, You don't want to get on his bad side, apparently. He'll, he'll, <laughs> Say he'll quit the all. team. I mean, I wish That's him well. Move, man. Yeah, I wish him well. I hope he I hope he finds what he's looking for in whatever next journey his life takes him on. I don't know. It'll definitely be a next journey. It, it won't be at Ohio State. We, yeah. <laughs> but I also that. hope I also hope Ryan Day looks at this as an opportunity because like obviously there's something going on here and maybe it's one player isolated incident. Yeah, but, but they had a guy quit in the middle of last season too. Yeah. That's the thing right? that I was kind like, of noticing is they've had a number of players who've uh, been fresh now that's sometimes what happens when you have a team that has a lot of really good players that have been uh -huh. recruited to it. They're playing for time. Sometimes that's just what it is. So if that's the case, Pope deserves all of the like heat from this. Yeah, absolutely. It's something a little bit more than I do think, you know, Dave still should have to answer to this for a bit. And I'm sure he'll be asked about it. Like I don't, he, he spent a lot of time putting his own defense on blast a couple of weeks ago. Something <laughs> tells me he has no issue um, talking yeah. through these things. <laughs> yeah. I, no one listening to this podcast feels bad for Ohio state going through some stuff right now. Um, so cause they're like, still winning. <laughs> yeah. Cause they're still winning these games. I looked up and I was like, Oh man, people are complaining about Ohio state, like their media. And then I went and looked and I'm like, Oh yeah, they won again. Cool. 
Um, that's a great place to leave this podcast. Subscribe to this podcast everywhere you can listen to them. Rate us and leave us a five-star review. If you only leave four, I am inclined to think you're a hater and nobody wants that. Maybe I'll send Pope after you. Uh, make sure you are checking out the other podcasts on the Hale Varsity Network, the Mind Your Own podcast featuring Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Kirkin, uh, the Varsity Club, Nebraska, po- Nebraska Preps post-game show, and the Hale Varsity radio show. Also, make sure you check out the Hale Varsity YouTube page. You can find us back on there talking about the recruiting question of the week. Um, and you can get after us on Twitter at Greg Smith HB and at Aaron Sorensen. I will catch you next week. A Huda Media Production.